This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Croissant, hello, welcome back to Rob Ryan Red. Welcome back to the Football League. 15 years we have waited for this. The big season preview, a new campaign, but the same dream for Wrexham. The champions of the National League, can they be the champions of League Two as well? I'm Rich Fay. I'm back, I say for my holidays, from the pre-season tour with Man City. Nafe, you've been holding the fort this summer. How are you feeling? For me, it feels like the new season has sort of crept up upon us. I wasn't really ready for this. And yeah, it's here now. It's here. It's, all the time for talking will be over come Saturday. Yes, it's all the expectation, all the kind of favourites, tags, everyone out to get Wrexham, all the fume that will come with playing Wrexham. You know, we're going to get all of that. And it's good to, It's good to have it back. You know, I, I obviously I was lucky enough to be there on the on the pre-season tour. And that was that was fun, but that felt like still almost attached to the end of last season. It felt like the the closing of, of that chapter, really. You know, a lot of people still talking about season one of the documentary, um, you know, looking ahead to season two. This feels now, this week, as a start of a new beginning, you know, and, and, and kind of really the end of the exile that we've had since Lincoln away. You know, people still talk about that as a, as a day where that was the last time in the Football League and, and we haven't had many good days in the Football League in a long, long, long time. So... Um, I'm fine. I'm. Uh, I've held the fort. I didn't get Rob or Ryan back. Well, I sort of got Rob on the YouTube channel. If you saw that. Um, but how are you doing? You've been away. We last heard from you when you were in a departures lounge. So it's been busy. Have you have you have you missed the podcast? Have you been? What have you been? What have you been like on the other time zone? Yeah, it's just been weird. I feel like I've just been living in this Man City bubble. Really, it's been Man City mania over in Asia, and yeah, I just feel like I'm really detached from. From Rob Ryan Red from from Wrexham, I I watched a few bits of the the preseason matches. They sort of tended to kick off sort of ten a.m. eleven a.m. for me, so they were a bit awkward. They were right slap bang in the day, and I was having to go to Puma events, go to interview a few Man City players, which was which was fantastic. But yeah, I just feel like, I mean, I'm used to covering champions, aren't I? I did the Wrexham podcast for a year, so I'm well used to to, to that. That was good preparation for the treble winners. But yeah, I just feel like. 
right now I'm back and I hadn't really given any thought to the new season. It is here. And now I'm just getting excitement. I'm just really, I can't wait. I still don't quite know what to expect. I you, Maybe we'll tweet this. You might see it on socials anyway. I did a preview for 442 for the new League Two season, which is in the print copy now. It's also online. But they asked me for my Wrexham predictions two months ago, a month and a half ago. And they it just feels like otherworldly. I, I was so full of optimism then and... I know it's a running joke on the podcast that I'm pessimistic, but I, we go into this new season. I just still don't quite know what to expect. I know what other people expect from us. And I know there's going to be a lot of sort of lazy assumptions. I know there's confidence from the football club's point of view, and they're not too worried about adapting to the new surroundings, but it's Wrexham, Nath, isn't it? And if anyone's been here for a long time, I know we're maybe the same club, but with a new mentality. But am I ever going to go into a season full of confidence? Richard, it's, it, it's good. It's good to have you back exactly as you left us. You know, nice and pessimistic, nice and worrisome. It's good. If I feel like equilibrium has been restored on the podcast, thanks to everyone who's been on and supported um, since Richard's been away. Um, you know, James got lots of nice comments last week when he filled in. Um, and, and we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to the season. And, and lastly, Rich, before we kind of get on with the rest of the show. You cover Man United now. I was picking your brains on on the, the Man United um, team and situation around that. Wrexham saw firsthand, you know, how a tiny thing with Man United turned into a huge global story. I mean, what did you make of that? We had Man United. You know, I said it on last week's podcast. Man United briefing their reporters that you know that they were unhappy with Parkinson going after Nathan Bishop. We've seen Nathan Bishop now leave, go go to Sunderland. Mowing punctured lung. I mean, it was such a furore. I know you were slightly detached from it, but I guess from the way I was thinking about it for you is I bet you weren't surprised to see Wrexham, who've got huge headlines, and Man United create this massive story. No, that is just the that is the news cycle we live in. And I know there's been a lot of social media talk this week about people saying, I'm sick of Wrexham, why are they everywhere? Well, if you stop reading and tweeting about them, then they'll go away. The fact is you are you're perpetuating that and you are you're fueling it. So when these rival fans complain about Wrexham and they say, I'm sick of hearing about them, well you're just building to the frenzy and you're clicking the links and you're you're feeding this. So there's a reason why. And insider from the industry, you know, Wrexham are one of the most talked about, but also one of the most read and digested uh, sort of football stories in the world. I know people from all outlets who have said, you know, our Wrexham content is massive. It's bigger than Premier League clubs. It's bigger than some massive other foreign teams and other sports as well. Wrexham are huge. And yeah, I thought that was just the sort of coming together of it really was, was that United game. And, you know, it would have been even bigger if it would have been the first team, but yeah, you know, I I felt like tweeting at the time and and going on a bit of a rant, but I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just enjoy being eight hours ahead and just stay stay out of this. But you know, if it was Ben Toza injuring Marcus Rashford on the eve of the new season, it would have been the, the fume would have been completely different. I understand it from both both camps' point of view. Nathan Bishop didn't try to injure Paul Mullen, but he did. It was you you might say, well, it's only pre season, yeah, but it's only. It's only preseason, but can he back out of the challenge? You know, the competitive nature of the game sort of, it, it's a difficult one. The thing, the fact of the matter is it's done now. 
we have to get on with it. We have to cope. We can't feel sorry for ourselves. We're not going to have any sympathy or any asterisks next to us next season. They were without Paul Mullen for two months. We've got to get on with it. The time for talking is over. We've been made favourites by a lot of people. We've got a lot of pressure. There is a lot of hype, a lot of expectation. Now we've got to deal with it. Pressure is a privilege. Wrexham are very privileged. And what a what a bloody good way to start the new season. MK Dons at home, that is. That's as big as it gets, really, for League Two. Yeah, that's, that's a cracker. And look, in today's show, if you haven't already seen from the description or, or all the socials, Humphrey Carr joined me for a, a nice long chat where we talked about, is Paul Mullen really staying with Rob McElhenney? What is happening with the COP? What are the delays around the COP? Training ground, what's going on there? And he gave a few little snippets, some cracking stories from the tour. Who was the midfield singing maestro who loves Lewis Capaldi? And what did they do to Brian Flynn on the opening night of the tour? So there's all that to come from Humphrey. And then we also spoke to Liam from the MK1 podcast to get all the lowdown and a couple of your questions asked as well on Milton Keynes. So Rich, before we come back in to give our thoughts on MK Dons, Listen to my chat with Mr. Humphrey Carr, who's as charming and as affable as ever. Here is what you had to tell me. Humphrey Carr, back on the show. It's been a while. I did see Humphrey very recently. If you watched the uh, YouTube vlogs when I was away, kind of peeping in the background in the fan zone or I mean, I can't really peeping is you know he's a he's a much taller man than I am I love the tour Humphrey what did you make of it because it was a, a very surreal and cool experience yeah it was incredible I mean I think it was um you know as far as we're concerned pretty much an unqualified success obviously um Miles's injury is not ideal but but I think that you could do that just as easily in Nantwich as you can as you can in uh uh, in San Diego. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, a tremendous uh, way for us to kind of reward all the US fans that have been so supportive of, of the club over the last couple of years by giving them an opportunity to come and see see the team. And, you know, I met people that had driven 16 hours, things like that, to try and get to games, which is, which is wild. Um, you know, that's Dover away and back a, a couple of times over. Um uh, and that's just that's just going one way. So, uh, and yeah, you know that was amazing. The, the the guys had an incredible experience, which I think is as much as anything um, was a, and it was an incredibly useful thing. You know, this is a really close squad, and for them to go and have all these experiences together, you know, especially for sort of Max and Aaron James and some of the younger guys, and uh, you know, Fozzie and a few of the older boys have done overseas tours before, but for a lot of them, they haven't. Um, and you know, they just had a great time, which is really great. I think that's that's going to stand us in good stead when you know when we're having a tough time in January when it's wet and cold and horrible. The experiences they've had together here now will will bring them a bit closer, in- including a two hour delay. I mean that that's going to get you ready for wind and rain and uh, Andy <laughs> Cannon pouring water down Elliot Lee's. But it, yeah, I mean that was crazy. I know you went at that Philadelphia game, but you must have been watching it. It was 4am for us in the UK. We were just thinking, please yeah. end so we can go to bed. I know. I was following it for, vicariously from a Taylor Swift concert, um, which is, <laughs> I think, a traditional place for Wrexham, Wrexham fans to, yes. to check their phones. Um, dur- during Shake It Off, I was like, are they, are they going to get back on the pitch? Um, yeah, it, no, I mean, listen, it's, it's very unideal. That's, that's probably the one part of it that, that you know, 
we would love to have had done differently, miles aside, obviously, um, in terms of just the, the final preparation. But, you know, all these things with, with Kev Mulholland in particular kind of drawing up a, a program and a plan for the minutes that everybody gets and the amount of time they spend on the pitch and all that kind of thing. You know, I'm very confident that, you know, that will not have a, too much of a bad effect. You know, and I know, I know over the last couple of days they have been resting up and recuperating from from the jet lag and they'll be back in training tomorrow and, and Thursday and Friday to get ready for the game on Saturday. And quickly then, before we maybe dissect a couple of the games, what was the situation around... So in LA, we saw the picture. Ryan's obviously got his star that many people have seen. Rob got his star. Is that is that Was that a real star or is that a temporary? What, what was going on I think that was there? a temporary one. Oh. So, so I, I gather that there's a, there's a, there's a man uh, on the, on Hollywood Boulevard who will who has a little star and he can knock together a name so you can then place it and photograph it. Um, and I think that was, yes... <laughs> That was uh, a tribute to to the co-chairman. It was it was a very nice tribute. Um, so the first game of the tour, then, because we're going to throw it ahead to MK Dons. But first game, yeah. fifteen fifty one thousand basically. If we're going to round it up, which I'm definitely going to do, yeah. in Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill is a place probably never would have gone there. A lot of Wrexham fans. It just didn't seem a place you would end up. I mean, you know, I've got Wimbledon away coming up. UNC campus wasn't wasn't on the radar sure. before this this summer. It was. I thought that was a great starting point, and I know you were there in the, in the in the fan zone doing autographs and things. But it just felt a really great starting point. That yeah, I think it's it was a be- it's a beautiful campus. Those big American colleges are kind of extraordinary. That we don't have any equivalent to that in the UK in terms of just the scale of them. You know, we we trained at um, at the sort of UNC men's and women's soccer stadium, just just the ten thousand seat stadium, um, very very small, um, and. Uh, they, uh, you know, that was attached to an indoor American football field and uh, right next to the the baseball stadium, which is 20 something thousand and uh, one one of the two basketball stadiums, which is another 20 something thousand. There's a bigger one where they play their actual like proper games. Um, and all, all that was kind of quite mind blowing. It was very hot. It was very sweaty. Um, it, but it was it was. Yeah, you know, the game itself was kind of. Um, you know, great introduction to what the tour was going to be in terms of an extraordinary number of Wrexham fans there. I think we had more Wrexham fans than Chelsea fans there, which is bizarre. Um, you know, Chelsea put on a, a great performance. I think 5-0 slightly flattered them. But, you know, all these things, it's just a, it's a training exercise. It's like, you know, we're not getting too carried away by beating Man United's, uh, uh, you know, youth and reserves, albeit we played very well. Um, and equally, not going to get too upset about about losing a game either. Um so yeah, it was it was a brilliant start to like sort of uh, Rexamania. Yeah, it was it was really really good, and and I thought that was yeah, like so that college had that small town feel, sort of a Wrexham feel. I said in one of the videos had that kind of like Franklin Street, and everyone was there, all this all this sea of Wrexham. Then we get to LA, which you know well, and I asked you off 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 mic for some recommendations, and politely you said LA is absolutely huge. And it's going to be difficult to do. And then I got there and I realised this is massive. Um, so we were a little bit more spread out. But what was it like for you? For, you know, you had your wife there and friends there and yeah. other actors. And it was a in LA, I couldn't work out if someone was just stylish or famous. That was my issue in LA. Sure. It was a, is that person famous? Should I know who they are? Or are they just do they just dress really well? No, sure. That was really fun for me because I've you know, lots of friends out here who have got so into the whole thing. Um, and... 
the kind of the group that I brought were were you know basically handpicked friends who who are the ones that text me during games and that are up early watching games and following. Um, so that was really cool. And yes, LA is massive. It was brilliant to have again to have all, all the, the boys here and and to have them go and visit various different landmarks. It felt quite surreal seeing seeing them as you say on on the on the Hollywood Boulevard and and um, you know going to Beverly Hills and all, all these different bits and pieces. I mean, it's so big that really it's difficult to kind of you can't even. Re- I mean, you ca- I, there are bus tours and stuff here, but it's pretty everything's so spread out that it's hard to, for people to get a sense of how everything fits together. So, as you said, I, I mean, I think as I said to you, you you, you said, can you recommend things? I said, well, I don't, where are you staying? Because I, I might give you a bar that's an a, a hour and a half drive away. I was like, I'm um, in LA. And you were like, that's, that's not helpful as much as you think yes. it is. That, that's not helping. It, it's it's sort of the equivalent of you know when people from over here are like oh I'm I'm coming to Wales so so maybe I'll come to Wrexham and you're like where and they're like the Gower Peninsula and you're like that's quite far away you're going to struggle to get there um, uh, with with that much ease. Well, one of the subplots that's come out of the the tour mainly because when we I think we were one of the first to share that picture of the meal that the team had before they flew out and we were thinking is mm. that. Is that Brian Flynn in the background, or is that just a sort of a very nice, polite-looking old man? And then we sort of did realise it was Brian <laughs> Flynn, and then it got announced that he's you know an ambassador for the tour. What can you tell us about how Flynn he was on the tour, and is there a is there a role for him to keep him involved? He's, he's obviously such a, a fountain of knowledge. Yeah, well, he was brilliant. I mean, first of all, you know, the the role as ambassador is partly for sort of the fan zones and for the, you know, we had to do presentations with Manchester United and uh, when, you know, we're swapping, we're giving them a gift, they're giving us a gift. Their gift came much fancier boxes than our gift, um, uh, much to Rob's sh- chagrin. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, so we need to get good boxes. So like, all right, well, we'll get there eventually. Um, that we need to win a few Champions Leagues first before we get right. fancy embossed uh, uh, boxes for our gifts. Um, but the, yeah, you know, and Brian knows everybody, you know. So, so, so as and when we were we were meeting with Chelsea or with with Manchester United, there's always someone there who he's worked with, played with, done, you know, because uh, of course, you know, he worked at Everton and all over the place over the years. Burnley, you know, he's he's got lots and lots of connections, and so, you know, he was as much there to sort of show us how it was done on on the kind of diplomatic uh, role as, as anything else. But also he's brilliant with all the players because he's incredible. His speech, he remembers everybody's name instantaneously, like I've noticed. He has that really great quality of just, you know, the set. He, he it goes in. As soon as he's in, you know, I introduced him to lots of my friends. He absolutely remembered everybody's names. He's got an incredible fount of of hilarious and bizarre stories from his time in football and the players just loved having him around because he because he's done it you know and, and they really respect that you know this is a guy with you know 66 Wales caps and we we had a little presentation on the first night in in North Carolina we had a little night where it was there was a presentation about this is this is North Carolina this is what it is this is where you are this is the university these, these are the things you understand and then um uh Phil had had uh, Kyle and George, our analysts, knock up a, a kind of scouting video on Brian, which was great fun. Just showing some of his some of his goals and things like that. And he came out and he was just being very funny about you know I, he's one of only two Welshmen to ever score against Brazil. 
and he scored a header against Brazil. So there's a lot of jokes about how a man of his stature could rise like a salmon and score a header against the greatest football team of all time. Um, and yeah, it was great fun. He was a brilliant, brilliant addition. In terms of going forward, I think, you know, he still lives in Burnley. He's, he'll always be welcome at the club. I don't think he's, to be honest, looking for a more comp- a complicated and an ongoing role. But, um, you know, I think he's a brilliant addition to the mix um, this summer. And so I hope we'll see lots more of him. Yes, fingers crossed. I, I loved some of the little bits we saw on the Triple A's and everything of the staff um, shootout. I thought was great. I mean, Phil obviously Ben yeah. had to, Ben had to save Phil's penalty purely for the bragging rights, <laughs> yeah. um, you know. And uh, like you say that that story there about Brian, I, we just want to see more of that. We love hearing stories like mm. that that we that we don't get to see. And I guess yeah, I think I saw you walking through the airport when I was going on a flight to LA. You guys were going to Denver and then LA. Um, yes. On that early morning, that was very early after the game. Very early, um, and you, you know, you yes, I, I, wa- I waved. It, I thought I waved at you, and I, you looked sort of you. You looked slightly zombie. Like you just looked at me yes. with sort of face of pure pain. I was, I was, I was thinking like I feel like I looked at him, and he didn't. I feel like I just saw right through. I think you we and, both. I think right. I think we were both operating on like a thirty second delay. Yes, yeah. So yeah. I think you saw me and waved, and I didn't see you, and then I, I waved at you. And by that stage, you were already lost. As I, well. I was already probably fuming then. Um, so you know, you chat, you were chatting to some of the players. Did you? I know you know a lot of these players. We haven't changed a lot. We will get onto maybe the squad a little bit, but there, what came out of the tour for me was the elevation of players like a Ryan Barnett, like a Sam Dolby. Did you get to? sort of elevate your relationships with them off the pitch in terms of just getting to know them a little bit better away from you know the the, the grind of just week-to-week training and games and, and all that yeah. sort of thing well yeah it was nice I mean I I'm always trying to strike that balance of not being too much of a fan because I I you know I I, I sort of love I, I remain I'm only as I, as I said a few times to you I'm only a short time out of just being a football fan and so getting to spend time with everybody is fun it's always quite fun you know it's exciting to be, oh I'm you know I'm I'm friends with footballers <laughs> but um yeah I think it was you know as I said earlier the great thing about this trip in a way was the was the capacity that we had for just bringing everybody together to getting to do lots of things getting getting you know the activities they did together you know I, you'd see these little combinations of of people that I I don't always necessarily sort of put together like who's going off like to Venice Beach, it's it's, you know, uh, J- uh, Jacob Mendy, Sam Dolby, Ryan Barnett, and and sort of uh, Callum McFadden are all getting a taxi to go down to to Venice Beach to to have a look at all the sort of skateboarders down there and people playing basketball. And you're like, well, that's a combination that I don't know necessarily. You know, lots you, you get you get a lot of one thing that's I think incredible about squads is there's no cliques. There's no there's no like these guys sit on this table, these guys sit on this table. There's you know, there's people who are particularly close and, and very good friends, but they do seem remarkably collectively on good terms, you know. And and um but but what you do have is you have the cars, right? You have um so and so picks up, you know, Billy Waters picks up Ben Toza and you know, whoever it is on the way into training, or you have the Manchester crew. There's like Andy Cannon, Rob Lington, you know, whoever it is. They they all drive in together. But the nice thing about the tour is you don't need to do that. You don't need to do the the cars. So you're you're all together and you're all having a good time. I had in the first in Chapel Hill, my room in the hotel was opposite Rob Lington and Andy Cannon, and I will go on record and say that they do a lot of singing. 
Oh, in the really? Shower. In the shower and out of it, you can hear it. Yes, yeah. Any, any, jo- like Lu- any Lewis Capaldi? They, Lewis Capaldi. I was going to say, are they, are they rocking the Taylor Swift as well? Lewis Capaldi. There you go. Yeah. Could you tell which yeah, one was yeah, better? Yeah. Could you tell who it was, or could you just hear sort of? I could hear Andy uh, um, uh, uh, very, very loudly <laughs> at one stage, but they were doing. It was the, uh, that um, um, some well, I can't remember what the, the, I can't remember what the song is called, but but the, the in, for the chorus it was Andy, and then for the chorus they both came in together. <laughs> Incredible, unsurprisingly, they they can't hit the high notes. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, I guess one of the other final points on the tour for me was you know I got to spend a lot of time. I just went as a fan. I wasn't there in a media capacity or a podcast, and so I just went as a fan. Was in with the fans, and I think the big frustration was, and I know that. Again, you'll probably say this was out of the club's hands, nothing we could have done. But I felt a little bit that I was there in all these jerseys and a lot of these fans haven't been able to get the jerseys. Is there a sense that the club could have made a hell of a lot of money if you'd have just had thousands more shirts to take over there, which I know is not what the club have got. It would have been... Is that something to look at down the line if either US distribution or or, you know, something like that? I think we're always looking to improve. I mean, the, the challenge this year is, and I, I think we, you know, this has been well covered. We we ordered a, what we would describe as an absolute ton of shirts, and we sold them all in two days. So we're sort of we're, we're still playing catch up in terms of, you know, we, we had a conversation collectively whenever it was, well, it would have been sort of October last year because that's that's the, the lead in time for for the the creation of the shirts. And we were like, you know, we've seen the documentaries come out now. It seems pretty popular. This, this is what we sold last year. This is what we've done. And, you know, we, we, we were like, right, well, 35,000 seems like a good estimate for, for how many we'd shift. You know, that's more than most championship clubs. That's probably, you know, not far off some, some bottom-end Premier League clubs in terms of, in terms of sales. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the answer is next time we will we're going to order a lot more shirts and we'll try and try and get them. I mean, I think a U.S. distribution hub is 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 going to be pretty key. Um, and, yeah, we're working on all those plans now, because, like I say, it's usually in advance of next season. We start thinking about it all in earnest in kind of Oct- October is when we have to like lock things up in. On a scale of one to ten, how giddy was Rob to get that black kit finally? <laughs> I think uh, I think a, a nine. I will say. I mean, you've got to leave room for um, you know winning titles or, or anything sure. like that. But but um, you know, I think a nine is 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 pretty close. Yes, I hand delivered them my, uh, my, to him myself, and he was very excited. Nice. And we need we need to clear this up. I think with, with a lot. Rob's been in the headlines a lot. Rob McElhenney's house. What is it like? Where is Paul Mullen staying? Uh, not quite. Not quite. What's happened there? Is it? I think people yeah, have been misconstrued. I th- I th- I think people. I think Rob said in an interview he's going to stay with us, and people took that as as a a, a um, he's going to stay literally in Rob and Caitlin's house. And that offer was on the table. But I think Paul was, you know, just ba- basically understandably wanted to use this time to kind of have a have a bit of a, a you know, basically. Uh, here's the thing: I I wouldn't want to stay in my boss's house for for ten days, two weeks, and I, I think that he. You know, was very grateful for the offer, and I'm sure he's going to see lots of Rob while he's in LA. But I think was basically just wanted a bit of space to himself, really, where where he could concentrate on his recovery and and uh, and R and R and all that kind of thing, rest and relaxation, rather than Rob and Ryan. This often gets uh, uh, confused now. Um, so yeah, he's he's here. He's in LA, and you know, I think he's he's got some friends out here with him from back home that have come to kind of. Um, keep him from being lonely and keep an eye on him and and help him help him out and you know hopefully 
his recovery, you know, by the end of this week um, or start of next week, he'll be able to come home. Oh, nice. That's a positive. That's a positive update because, you know, Brian, Brian Flynn dropped the bombshell on somebody in the fan zone, four broken ribs and a punctured lung. And I said last week, I've never known so many Google searches in Wrexham for how long does it take to recover from a punctured lung? Of course. Um, well, we, all, uh, we all become a, a thoracic <laughs> surgery uh, uh, expert briefly. In that and, and Google is terrible because it just gives you the worst case scenario. So it's like, you will never breathe again. You know, kind of, you yes, will, right. your, you, your lung is gone. And I, uh, one American texted me and said, he, he was in the, I think in Philadelphia, they had like a tunnel pass or a tunnel club or some kind of, and so one of them was offering up their lung to, I'm not sure it's the same as a kidney though. I don't know if you can just <laughs> offer your lungs up to. Uh, I don't think you can just swap them. I don't, think, I don't think that's how it works, but very nice gesture nonetheless. Very, very kind gesture. Yeah, I mean, we've had, that, so there's a few players in the squad who've had the same same kind of injury over the years. So, so they, you know, have, have all offered their, their advice and their this, that and the other, but, you know, ultimately... It it it's different for everybody. You know, people recover at different rates. Miles has actually got pretty remarkable powers of recovery over the over the couple of years that I've known him. So, yeah, as I say, really, it's the challenge is that he can't he can't travel until until he's given the all, all clear, and and that basically is all uh, lung related rather than rib related. Um, so, yeah, they're going to scan him again, start of next week, and and. Um, should be you know all all things being as we expect them to be he'll he'll get stuck in the old um um stuck in the old plane and come back and the cop redevelopment and that's another issue of just what's going on a lot mm. of chinese whispers of oh, has it started has it not when's the flood like coming down you're you're much more privy to these things, so we don't need any Chinese whispers on here. What is going on? Are we are we behind? Are we you know what what's happening there? Well, so as everyone, we wanted to start on June the first, and basically what has happened is, you know, it's like so. It, basically, the, the two two things have held up the start, which are unexpected turns of turns of events that that you know basically you run into these sorts of things. One is. Um, uh, so you see, the last floodlight is just. I think start. They started putting it up today, so it'll be ready in time for Saturday. The challenge with that was that it turned out that where the base needed to go, there was a big kind of sewage confluence area where various sewers like combined. Right, lovely. Um, so we had we had to move it basically. So that's the thing that you know it just takes time. You've got to get permits. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Um, and, you know, all those things, everybody's been very helpful with that. You know, the council's been great about all that kind of stuff. But it's just, I mean, it literally is like there is a, there is a amount of time that goes into stuff that you just don't expect. You can't see, you don't know it's there. Um, and so that was that was a big one. So that's why, you know, when we had to do the floodlights before we could start the work on everything else. We also had a uh, electrical substation that supplies the flats over the other side that that um needs needed to be moved or does does need to be moved so it's just all taking a little bit longer than than we had hoped uh, and you also you know there's just yeah those are the two things that have prevented prevented the start so it's it's not dissimilar to I'd use the analogy that Meg and I have been trying to buy a house and, and we found somewhere we loved over here. Everything was going pl- great, all going to plan. And then we did structural engineers, looked at it, and they found like problems with the with the foundations. So you're always, you have, you know, with the best will in the world, you have, everything is sort of, we're ready to go. 
Um, we're just having to move various things around the place, which take a bit longer. So, yeah, I think we'll be there'll be a more substantial update coming out soon in terms of like when when we're expecting to start, when we're expecting to complete, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just there are you run into these things that you have no control over. I mean, that's that's the problem. I think sometimes people feel as though you know we have we have money we're very lucky as a football club that we we have lots of money and that that makes you omnipotent and and you can you know do whatever you want and it just is there are things that are outside the scope that you just require time for basically other the other other development news then because this is what rob and i rob and ryan they came on the podcast and i'm sure people have heard that by now i don't need to plug that one training ground that's been going on in terms of just figuring out the yeah. site again we're talking about you know figuring out sites figuring out what's going on that's obviously the next step we've talked recently on the pod about the academy but training ground any any update there for us i mean essentially training ground i think has has suffered a little bit from the cop slippage so so because a lot of time and energy has had to go, go into that and i think i mean I, I feel like i said this to people i mean i i've def- i think i've said this to like shropshire reds supporters group or, or very I, I can't even if i said it to you a, a while ago because because everything is again time is just taking longer than, than we would like it to um so yeah we 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 still we think we there's a site we like the the look of there's lots of things to like about it it's just getting everything getting all our ducks in a row really i mean it's one area where we are you know not it's an unideal situation because we 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 are occasionally Colliers. We've Colliers has become. We've had a um, you know th- there's been a slight change in, in the policy at Colliers, which has been good for us. You know it's it's gone in, more in our direction, which is which is great in terms of their use, like how they feel about people using the pitches outside of kind of Wales, um, right. different age groups and things. So that's that's good. That's great. But yeah, we still definitely absolutely want our own spot and. Um, you know, I, I my hope is is that this season we will will start to see some really kind of serious movement on that. I mean, it, ironically, when we go into off season, it's our busiest time, and especially when you get promoted. With there's there's an unbelievable amount of stuff that has to be done to kind of transfer the the business across into the EFL model, right? Um, in terms of paperwork, in terms of you know we have to redo everybody's contracts, all the players' contracts get redone and, and get set. I mean, they stay at the same terms, but you just have to put them all into a new system. You. you have to you. do this, that, and the other. There's there's a huge amount of like EFL, um, you know, that their kind of. Uh, standard operating procedure is very different to to the National League. So, yeah, I'm hoping that once we get in, once we settle down and and we we get sort of back to it, um, it's uh, it will be, you know, be a lot easier. It's funny for us. The off season is it's always the period at which there's no football. Everybody all everyone gets bored and restless and angry. (laughs) And uh, and we get shouted at a lot more than we we do during the season. We're just um, incredibly demand. We're just incredibly demanding. We want everything super cheap, and we want a new training ground, a new stand, uh, all the best players. Yeah. And I, I, listen, you know, why aren't you giving it to us? Basically, is what we're asking. I I completely recognise people. You know, we obviously prices have gone up, and there's there's various different bit, bits this and the other. And I, and I I know that's I'm never going to expect people to welcome prices going up. That that's understandably a frustration and actually this season it's been you know obviously last year we had the whole sort of Wrexham Lager f- Farago where 
someone saw a Carling poster up in the in the stadium and basically cooked up a whole story. I mean, I, I the thing that I do really enjoy is some of the some of the transfer gossip in the no stuff is blows my mind because it's we're often thwarted going for a player I've never heard of um, uh, or we've had a bid turned down or we've done this that and the other um, and um, I, I would say basically until I, I think until a player is in the building no one ever has an idea I often see someone as like okay it's nailed on when someone has seen a, one of the guys you know in the car park or shaking hands with Fleur or doing whatever it is then that's pretty accurate but a lot of the other stuff is I know where it comes from. You're, you're pretty. You, you, you're all pretty good. You, you, you've kind of uh, sewn up all the holes. There's not many leaks to come well, out of the club, which is pretty. Only good. three, three or four people know what's going on until until right. literally until they are in the building. At which point, it's like, right, we now need to t- to tell people. Are you one of those three or four it. people? Are you in that kind of like inner sanctum? Are you? Wow, that must feel amazing. That must feel immense <laughs> power that you have there. Huge power. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, it's just it's purely because, you know, with all of these things, I'm, I'm on the board. So when it comes to a case of like this, we need to sanction a signing. We need to do this. We need to do that. Then that that will come to me then. And, and you know, I, I also will talk to Phil. Phil loves Phil loves to canvas opinion. And my opinion is worth absolutely nothing. But bless him. He, he will he will ask me my opinion on players and. Um, you know, will make suggestions of like, okay, this is a guy we're looking at. You know, watch the watch these tapes and see what you think. Um, I think it's a a lot more of it is you know obviously much more important is is Steve Parkin and and um, and Dave Jones and and Aiden and whoever it may be. Um, like, what do you guys think of this, Kyle and George, the analysts? You know, like what it, it's it's very much done in a kind of collective. These are who we think. Who do we, you know? Who do we think? And and, and a, an opinion will coalesce on a certain player, and around then, that's when I'll get told about it. Um, and then, if it gets serious, then you know, then Sean gets involved. Basically, that's that's when it gets to a point of like right now, now you know. So to take Will Boyle for example, because um, we can talk about him uh, very easily. Yeah, you know, it was sort of it was. There are a number of left-sided centre back. Left-sided centre back was something that that uh, Phil wanted from the jump, um, and you know there are a few that were looked at. There are a few different names that that are bandied around, um, and um, but will actually, funny enough, happen very quickly in terms of it. It was a you know oh actually Will Boyle's become available like this. He's he's great. We should absolutely go and get him. And it really was in the space of sort of probably. 24 hours that that his name first got mentioned and then it was like well let's get him like he's he's he'll he'll he's fits the bill he's perfect he's on a free he's you know he's he's available he fits within our wage structure he's worked with ben before ben says he's a good guy phil's spoken to him he likes him and then it just goes from there i've got three more but one very quickly jordan tonicliffe he Mm. he was next to you basically in these fans Mm. that sign the autographs yeah obviously it hasn't come out and said anything but how is he doing because backs are typically not the best injury to have yeah so actually he did he got a scan over here we we while we were in the u.s we we decided to take advantage of of you know some of the some of the medical uh capabilities they have here and he got a scan here and and you know they they feel and by they i mean kev him you know the the collective are feeling he's not far away which is good um, he's such a great guy, Tunny. He's such a such a fantastic ambassador for the club. He's a great player. He's he's a great teammate. So, 
you know, we all we all want him back as soon as possible. But his his attitude, and again, it pervades this squad. It's something that is really. I know we've. We, I know you guys have talked about it on the podcast before, and it's it's something that I think everyone in Wrexham appreciates. But like, this is just a squad of really good people um, who who have really good attitudes. They've got great. They're just you know they they collectively are pretty extraordinary together um and and they all say that you know to, I, over the course you know you mentioned earlier about getting a chance to talk to players and chatting with lots of different ones uh, you know jj who's been with us for a while and 40 who's a bit newer and, and barney who's even newer you know they just all are like i just can't believe what a good group this is you know there's lots of lots of uh, young dads you know there's lots of people whose kids like to play together they they're just very very close knit and it's a great thing to see they also here's a here's a good tidbit for you that i enjoyed they play uh, every away game and they played a lot on this trip as well they play this game well that i know is werewolf but they just call wolves um and it's sometimes people know it as mafia it's a really fun game it's where you kind of sit i don't know if you've ever come across I, this I, I clearly don't have enough friends to play these games rich is never this here is he's, real... always, he's always in japan no, sure. he's, never, he's never here so I can't play. <laughs> explain to us mafia wolves werewolf Werewolf. So what it is, you all sit around in a big circle. Um, you have one sort of game master who runs the game and they uh, pick. Uh, so everyone is a villager. Um, you all live in a big village together and they'll pick two people to be the werewolves. Right. Um, now, the way it works is that you basically like, right, everybody go to sleep. Everyone puts their heads down, close their eyes, not allowed to look. Were- werewolves wake up. The werewolf, the two people who are werewolves look up. They see each other. And they go like, right, who are you going to kill in the night? And they will point, you know, at Rob Lainton, for example. Uh, so I remember that with our group, there's so many people, they have three werewolves. Um, and it was the werewolves, the one I was watching was like Jordan, Jordan uh, Davis, Ollie Palmer, and I think, who was the other one? Andy Cannon? I can't remember. Anyway, so yeah, it's like werewolves wake up, they will wake up, they'll point to someone that they want to kill. And then, right, right, werewolves go back to sleep. Everybody wake up. You know, this person, uh, Max Clareworth, is dead. Um, and Max is, like, out of the game, basically. Then everybody else debates. It's like, have you seen that show, what's it called? Uh, Traitors. Yes. Have you seen that? I've I think with Demina McCall. Right. It's that. Okay, right. It's basically right. that game. That would have been a much easier explanation. That, I forgot that would have been. I mean, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan that they could, you know, most of these players you see with yeah, top-level players put headphones on, play FIFA, go to sleep, yeah. whatever. Uh, and, yeah, Wrexham's lads are preparing for a 111 point season record points playing werewolf big fan of playing that. werewolf yeah yeah but it's a huge it's a huge bonding experience i mean basically everybody was playing it and and you know colin and and uh amy and Gemma from the media team were, were playing as well and like uh you know coaching staff and medical staff like everybody's there's no there's no delineation where it's like sorry this is like these this is the first team and they they get treated differently and you guys are only on the media team or you guys are only this, or you guys are right. only that. It's a very, it's a great collective atmosphere, which I, I love. So we've got one squad question, one documentary question and one MK Don's question. The squad one, I mean, great. You'll, you'll, you'll no doubt you'll just agree with me when I say this, but we won't get into it. But to clear up, you know, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter about, you know, Luke Young came home and he'll be leaving. What I will say on that, personal reasons and we don't need to get into what those personal reasons are but what i would say and you'll echo this i'm sure and maybe we'll see a bit of it in the dock as well we've had 40s had you know personal issues james jones we know about with his kid i think parkinson i mean you know it's easy to be like we need to play and we need to win and you all need to kind of suck it up and play 
and Jordan, obviously, in the first series, we people saw. I think, actually, Parkinson's proved himself to be nothing's more important than family and, you know, mm. w- go out and take as much time as you need. And I thought Luke's obviously the latest one, but I thought that's been... That 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 makes me appreciate him even more because it's easy to just be like, well, I'm under pressure. I need to win. I need to win. I need you all. Actually, say no. Go take as much time as you need. And all of those lads, I think you, they appreciate it because they're playing for him. If you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's as you say. Obviously, the old adage of uh, football's matter of life and death is much more important than that. All that kind of thing. I mean, it it, it is and it isn't. I mean, ultimately, and, and it's also a very well worn football cliche. It's like you know something this puts things in 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 perspective for all of us. Winning games for Wrexham is, is incredibly important, and, and right. seeing this football club thrive and all that kind of thing is, is massively important. But you know, the thing that I've really learned over the last couple of years of being on the other side of the of the rope is just it's it's a lot of human beings. It's lots of people who can have you know they can have um, a bad day, they can have you know difficult things happen to them. You know, obviously Ben very unexpectedly lost his dad very recently, which is which is terribly sad. And and you know, I think his. His response to that has been to a certain extent, like, right, I'm going to throw myself into my foot. You know, I'm going to concentrate on work. Go and, you know, it's a great way to just keep busy and keep keep away from that kind of thing. Other people need time. It's 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 very easy for us to forget. You know, it goes back to that thing of the sort of, I say sometimes people think because we have money, we're omnipotent and we can do whatever. It's like the reality is life doesn't work like that. You know, the the, the challenges of of real life will insert themselves again and again. And and actually, I think that's the stuff that. When it comes to the documentary, that the human element of it is the bit that's interesting to me. I mean, I, I, with the greatest of love to them in the world, I don't really care about the Robin Ryan of it all, but maybe that's because I'm close to that and that seems familiar to me. Um, but the much more compelling stuff is watching people, you know, living their lives and, and, and having their challenges and overcoming those challenges. I think that's, that's the thing that really is in, important in life. And I think Phil recognizes that, and the squad squad respects that he recognizes that. That it's not, you know, he's not someone who's going to sacrifice the well being of one of his players in order to get an extra six points a season. No, and I, I, I've I've seen plenty of managers higher up, who I don't need to name, who definitely would sacrifice mm. um, in the short term to. to- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Win. Um, documentary then. We saw the trailer on the big screen yeah. at Chapel Hill. Very exciting. Um, and, you know, some of the people were going to see in it. I mean, Neil Roberts was in it. His daughter Mia was in the trailer. He was in the women's team. Millie, who people know, is 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 in it with Ryan, and and she was out in Philadelphia. And there's going to be a few different faces from the first series. With I mean, people, uh, amazing to me, the amount of people out there who were saying that that they've managed to avoid the results of last season and kind of not know, ex- no, sure. not know the exact. Well, obviously, they knew about 
promotion and things, but didn't know the exact ups and downs that they'll be able to sort of see. Anything in this in this series that you're particularly excited to see again, or, or, or kind of do you think there's going well, to be that extra spike that you know is, is going to be I, even I, more so? I do think that the sh- I, I do think that there will be. I think it's going to be bigger than season one. I think I think ironically. Obviously, the ending of season one was devastating for all of us, but for but for the American viewing public, I think it was you know it's like crack. It's it's the ultimate, you know, to see all these people that you fall in love with crestfallen, and then to come back for the second season. Obviously, I don't know whether you've seen the the poster for season two. It's quite it's quite sort of tri- triumphant. No, is it out there? Um, oh, I have. I've oh, seen. I have. I you have. would have seen that they're, they're like cartoons with Rex, right? And Rex is like absolutely stacked, and the sheep are, yoked. And the sheep yes. are absolutely like on very something. buff as well. Yeah, buff, yeah. I know. Um, yes, indeed. Yes. But yeah, it's got it's already got a bit of a like. Here we go. Like I, th- I think they're not hiding behind. I think they've understood that. Like people, most people, a lot of people will know what the result was. I mean, for me, what I'm looking forward to is. I have seen I've seen a few bits and pieces of uh, early on because quite often what happens is I get sent the episodes early on to check they've not misidentified anyone or or done you know you, you have bits of things like um, in one episode they're talking a lot about Solihull Moors I was playing Solihull Moors and then right. you see a bunch of a um, uh, bunch of Dorking players go into the stadium in the background I'm like Great. Oh, those, you, you've combined the two there I mean that's just an editor over here that doesn't know sure wouldn't recognize the club badges necessarily so so there's things like that that I look at but so I've seen there's the women's there's the first women's episode I saw is fantastic because it, I think what I love about it is that it is as I say I like the humanity and the and the and the 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 real life element of things and with the women's team you've got that in spades because you know that they were an amateur team at that stage so 90% of their time is they're doing their actual jobs. So you're seeing people in their jobs and then seeing how football transports them from those jobs, takes them away from a thing that is, you know, less glamorous and less fun. Um, this is brilliant. Anyway, I love that episode. I'm really excited for people to see that. But the thing I'm, I just, the last three, I want to see Notts County. I want to see, I want to see Boreham Wood. I even now, in retrospect, want to see Halifax. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just really um, want to see that foster penalty save in as many yeah. different slow modes and, and uh, that's it. Just it's everything about seeing, it. Having poured over that footage for a long time, um, I want to see it all again uh, in, but just fresh footage because I because I've you know I've watched the BT video, I've watched the AAA, I've watched it. You know, I've looked at everything I can find on YouTube. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing it on the big fancy documentary cameras. So the documentary, so there we go. That is, we've seen the poster. That's going to be fun when that comes out. MK Dons, you're going to be there. You're, I mean, yes. you're in, you're currently, we're speaking earlier in the week. You're in Los Angeles. But when people listen to this, it'll be 48 hours between our, yeah. before our first game in the Football League in 15 years. Yes. Are you, I mean, stupid question, number one, are you excited? And number, question number two, how do you think we're going to get on? I am, I'm really excited. I, I'm I'm almost, it's a strange feeling because I'm excited. Normally I'm quite nervous by this stage. I'm quite sort of, you know, I, you know, I just, I get nervous before games and I, you know, I'm sure you, you I saw you away at Woking and you were, you were, a, you were sat next to Mrs. Young and you looked very, very stressed. Um, and then, yes, then we, I think, and then, I think we drew 2-2 two, two and then it was, did we win? Oh no, we won. That was the one we won. Woking away, Aiden that was twice. one, yeah. That, 
yes. Aaron Aiden scored yes, twice. Yes, yes, yes. And so we won and it was all kind of like, oh, this is great. We can relax now. Yeah. But you were sort of like, yeah, oh, I mean, my right normally I'm stressed. Sort of chain, chain smoking and stressed <laughs> is, is usually on match day. I gave up I gave up cigarettes the night we won the league. Congratulations. And I've won since then. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's funny because, I, because this season, you know, the attitude in the building is we are, we want to, we want to go straight through. We, we want to get promoted again. And like, there is a real confidence and, and um, you know, a, a, a real sense of excitement. But, but for me, I, I'm less, I'm less stressed. I, I think, I think the, the multiple, uh, the multiple promotion places, um, you know, the fact that if we, if we say we finished eighth, you know, outside the play or eighth or ninth outside the playoff mid table safety, I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't be devastated, you know, in the same way that I was when we didn't get promoted last season. I think, you know, that there is a certain amount of, by the way, I don't think that attitude is shared by anyone on the playing side of things. Absolutely they'd, be, not. they'd be devastated. I was going to say, furious. absolutely not. They'd be furious. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely they, not. They, they are, they are, you know, professional and competitive and and they, they, view it in a different way i mean i mean ollie i just i mean ollie palmer said we're going to win the league i think i think did he yeah so he's so he's pretty confident. he did and, and I, I don't think i don't think that's an attitude that is you know he's probably he's probably on the extreme end of the spectrum <laughs> right, in, right. In there but but they're not that far behind him you right. know there's the collective sense of like you know one of the things i noticed on this tour on the tour is that like let's say the chelsea result aside we gave a really good account of ourselves against against everybody um, you know, and you're looking at, uh, you know, that Manchester United side, for example. And again, I said you can't get too carried away, but there are, you know, there's a bunch of championship players in there. There's Johnny Evans. There's like, you know, there's there's, there's good players in there. Now, they haven't played as, together as much as we have. But again, that I think stands us in good stead. Like, this is a settled squad. They've played together a lot. They're very close. They're good players. And as we saw last season against Coventry and against Sheffield United, we raise our game. I think last season we we played... You know, we played a lot of National League teams and we played National League football to beat them. I think we can play better football than we did last year with this with this squad. So, you know, this is a very rambling answer. I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I I don't have the same yet. I don't have the like the I'm not in the grip of, of terror as I often was last season, because last season, I think and I'm sure I said this to you and I said this to a thousand people I talked to in the car park when I was smoking before and after games. They're like. Mostly last season, my principal emotion was just relief. You know, the way the way that Notts County were pushing us, every time we won, it was just like, oh, God, thank God, thank God. Okay, three more points, three more points. Let's just go, okay, and, and, and next week's up, next week's up. And this this year, I just want to enjoy myself. I want to uh, to have a good time. Yeah. And I, and I urge everybody to have a good time. Exactly, exactly. And, and lastly, I mean, this is we're, we're speaking on Tuesday. You're going to be in the UK to watch the game. Are the club going to deliberately make this podcast look silly by signing someone between now and when you land and when this when this lands? I'm going to use every power at my disposal. I mean, you're in this inner, you are in this inner sanctum. You could ruin this. You could you could just say just sign somebody yeah. just for the sake of it, just because. Sure, um, I'm just going to text. I'm just going to text now. Yeah. By the way, yeah. it's like my my phone case. That's what. So, oh, that is. Uh, that's very nice. That picture. We, we can see it again. The Paul Moyne. I know. Um, I probably shouldn't. Uh, I've got so this, so my my lock screen. If I can. Uh, mine's a Wrexham lock screen, not a screen. To, it's uh, if anyone can see that. Uh, Paul and oh, Ryan yeah. having a very big embrace, and I just like that picture, and I can't change it to yeah. anything else. I just like that picture. Um, no, it's good. I mean, the front at the front of my phone, I should say, is uh, is my wife and my dog. That, and Agatha that, Christie book. I mean, did you, I saw a picture. Oh, this is a very tangent, but I saw a picture of your dog in a Wrexham 
Was it scarf hat? Yeah. What was that? Yes, she was. She was lying next to some scarves. We we had supply a, a few friends with with appropriate kit for the LA game. So we'd made a pile of stuff, and uh, we then laid out the scarves. And she had. Uh, Gone and gone and lay next to the scarves. Very nice. She's, so a big, so, she's a big fan. So you're over. So people can see you at the MK Dons game. Are you sticking around for long? What other games are kind of on your radar at this point? I, I'm doing a sh- very short stint this trip. Right. So I'm only there Wednesday to Wednesday. So I'll be there for the first two games, and then I'm back again in for a longer chunk in um, October, November. Nice. And then and then back here, and then back again at Christmas and. You know, I've worked out that over the course of the last two years, I average about five months a year in, in right. Wrexham. Does that, uh, get, does that get you many frequent around. flyer miles? Does that, does that get you... I'm getting a lot of points on version. <laughs> I realised yeah. I, I, I went out to the US and I was like, oh, I have way more points than I ever had before for these multiple yeah. trips. Um, Problem is that even, you know, I get like, oh, I've got 40,000 points. And they're like, that's £60 off your next flight. Like, that is a drink on board. Good as, yeah, that is yes, a not as good cold as I'd one. like it to be. Um, okay, yeah. well, Humphrey, look, really appreciate your time. Um, I'm, I mean, you're going to say a Wrexham win, as am I. Score predictions, because Rich isn't here, I would ask him. I'm going to go 2-0 to Wrexham. I like that prediction. I I I feel the same way. I think, um, you know, I think we are. Yeah, I think I think it's you know it's a great game to start with. It's a good way to sort of lock horns with with a a recently relegated League One team. And um, you know, as I say, what I'm hoping we're going to see is that we are a settled side, um, and that we hit the ground running. You know, that that would be really nice just to kind of bank up a few a few uh, uh, points early and. You know, we'll we'll keep working away. I, I, you know, I don't think, in terms of signings and things, I don't know that anyone we would sign now would be going into the into team for Saturday or anything close to that. So, you know, w- w- it's going to be, we're we'll possibly with the exception of Will, it's going to be very much kind of you know the team that finished last season at a gallop. Let's see if they can keep galloping now. I can't wait until we sign Kylian Mbappe and he's on the bench at the weekend. That'll be good fun. That'll be good fun. <laughs> Rich is, I mean, Humphrey is as as brilliant as ever. You know, he's flying in for the game. Rob is flying in for the game. Ryan is expected to come up. Is he going to be there with Hugh Jackman? Lots of talk that he is. You know, these these actors and writers on strike at the minute, so they're not doing any work. Um, they're just kind of on pause until until things are settled. So it's going to be a great occasion. You know, you'll be there back in your normal seat in the tech end. Um, it'll be a raucous atmosphere. MK Dons are sold out there away end, and and we'll get onto it with Liam shortly. There's Maybe not so much hype around MK Dons at MK Dons, um, but it's still going to be a great game. Last time Graham Alexander came, it was uh, that famous Boxing Day against Salford. Wrexham, was it 5-1 in the end of that day? There you yeah, go. it was. Should have been 5-0 as well. Adam Rooney scored a nasty deflected effort right in right in the dying moments of that game. I'm still bitter about it, but <laughs> I mean, that was one of my highlights of non-league, really, that, that Salford game on, on Boxing Day. And I'm just excited. This has to become the new normal, doesn't it, now that we have big away followings every week. There's the expectation. The Wrexham team probably won't have changed much. I don't expect Boyle to start this weekend. I think it'll be very much the sort of team that, that ended last season, personally. And I'm, How does that I'm, work, yeah. though? How does that work, though, Rich, in terms of the, the team that ended last season? We're not expecting Jordan Tunnicliffe to play. He's still dealing, you know, Humphrey touched on his injury. Um, Aaron Hayden and Owen O'Connell, it seems like that's a toss-up. More than a more than a both option. I mean, yeah. do you do you think it, it is a case that one of them will, will fill in and Boyle will be first reserve? I think 
I, I just think that Parky's got this uh, record of players having to slowly adapt and, and get to his methods before they're thrown into it. I mean, Boyle, as, as we had when we had uh, Stephen Chicken on, you know, that he's a fantastic player and he will, no doubt, I think, make his way into the, the starting 11. But I, I do think that the start of the season, maybe you get a bit carried away by new signs and stuff, but I think Parky will maybe just stick with, with who he trusts, really. I mean, O'Connell deserves to to be playing. He was exceptional last season. Toza has to play. Aaron Hayden, I think, will probably be rewarded because this was the carrot at the end of the stick for him and it, during that injury recovery as well. But, you know, get yourself fit and you'll be playing the Football League. So it's a very welcome headache to have. Whoever plays, I have the confidence that they can get the job done on Saturday. But I think that we've said it in the past, you know, the first few games of the season, I'm not worried if the performances aren't quite clicking. I don't think pre-season was as productive as it should have been. I'm still, you know, I understand 100% why the club did the tour they did. I'm delighted that so many of our listeners got to experience it firsthand to get a proper taste of, of, of Wrexham. But, you know, I still think preparation was was not ideal really ahead of the season. I'm not going to be too concerned if the result and the performance isn't there this weekend, but I do think it will be. You know, I, I, I have the belief that it will be. And yeah, I think on, on in terms of Boyle, I, I still... I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way of his role this weekend because I, I know that eventually he will be established in first team. But from the off, who knows? Interesting, because I'm going to say that I think Boyle will start in a back three with Owen O'Connell and Ben Toza. Uh, I mean, the midfield will pick itself. I think we're both in agreement. It'll probably be Tom O'Connor, Andy Cannon, and Elliot Lee. The wing backs. I mean, it's going to be. Uh, Rob Ryan Reds again. We're going to sponsor Jacob Mendy again. Uh, we can reveal that on the podcast. Jacob Mendy down the left. It'll be Ryan Barnett down the right. Be fostering goal. The key question, Rich, but um, then we'll get into our opposition analysis. The key question will be that front two. Um, final preseason game. Parky went with you know Lee and Dolby. Hmm. Part of me worries that he'll do that again. And for me, Elliot Lee just has to play midfield. The, he's just. I can see why you'd go to him as an option as a striker, but for me, I'd rather I'd rather have a target man and Waters. If even though I'm still not entirely sold on Billy well, Waters, well, just Rich, I've not seen enough of yeah. him. Rich, I think if you're Billy Waters and you don't get a start this weekend, it's obviously not the end of the world. But if Moyne's out for, say, five games and you don't get to start any of those games, I mean, it's not the most glowing He'll report definitely cast. start against Wigan. You think Carabao Cup? It's not the Papa I think John's Wigan. No, but I think even the Carabao, it's, it's. I think the Carabao will be sort of similar to like Coventry last season, where you, you play a bit of a change team. You know, I, I think that you've got to priority prioritize the MK Dons game because, look, you can't bank on the Wigan game and be like, oh, we definitely get a Prem team next round. We could beat Wigan and then get a League Two side. You know, you get Forest Green away or something. I I, I just think the Carabao Cup is. It's it's a nice novelty, but you've got to concentrate on the league. And I yeah, I, I just can't envisage Billy Waters starting, to be honest. I just don't think he's done enough or maybe even impressed in in the preseason games, really. See, I, I've got the feeling that he may go, and I, I thought he was going to do this in the final preseason game, Barky. I've got a feeling that he'll go with Palmer and Waters. It's not a combination we've seen yet. or We saw it sort of at the back end of the Torquay game. Um, you know my thoughts on Sam Dolby. For me, Sam Dolby would be in the team. Um, he would be starting with Mullen fit. You know, he would be my my number two. 
just just think Oli Palmer. I mean, I posted on the podcast a, a week or so ago that I also think there's a lot of merit to Oli Palmer with Jordan Davis and Elliot Lee playing off him, uh, and you know, kind of. Yeah, uh, but that that's like that's said, mixing think... it up a bit. That that's mixing it up a yeah. bit too much on the opening day. But I don't know, Palmer. But like you Dolby... said, there. I think it depends on. I think it depends on the t- the target man you go for, really. And for me, I think while Mullen's not there, you've got to got to use Palmer. Yeah, just I because so. of his experience, his nous, he knows the football league well. He's not phased and. I know that Dolby is really sort of giving him the challenge that we all wanted to see, but there is, you think about like Dagenham away last season, maybe our best performance of the campaign is a complete 90 minutes. The fact that it was away from home certainly added to it because you're not at the Kairos. Oli Palmer was maybe my other match that night. You God, know, he that was, was, that was cold that night. He was fantastic. There wasn't he cold yeah. finishes as well from him. Oh. He was like <laughs> his first season, his first half season, he was incredible. Last season, there was probably a little bit of a drop-off. There were certainly spells where he didn't deserve to be in the team and Dolby was there to to, to take those opportunities. But Oli Palmer is still integral to, to Parkey's vision, I think. And there will become a time where Dolby permanently overtakes him. I still think they haven't quite crossed over yet in their trajectories. I still think that over the course of an entire campaign, Palmer is probably more reliable. You know, because you think about how often he plays, Dolby, like I said, he's he's fantastic. I think long term he he will be he'll eclipse it. But right now, I still think Palmer, his off the ball work and the amount of hold at play does, and the dirty nitty gritty stuff, the dark arts. You know, he he does do a lot that I think he doesn't get the credit for. And I think, especially while Mullins away, there's not there's no way that Palmer won't be integral. And I think he'll be the main man. And yeah, it's a chance for him to to prove that really. It is, and Rich, before we get, we're going to have to get into the, the opposition chat, but very quickly before we do a quick prediction as well. Bids on the table, says Parkey. Bids on the table for two forwards. Now, he's given the impression that those are forwards that are key pieces at their football clubs. Now, oh, so, you know, it doesn't get, it's, it's definitely not, you know, a free agent or such. It's it's a key player. Championship, League One, we don't know, League Two, I mean, we don't know what, where they're coming from. Um we're recording this on the Wednesday. Who knows if, if there's another striker in come the weekend. I'd be a bit surprised. Humphrey would be a bit surprised, he said on, on the podcast, which maybe he's bluffing, maybe he's not. Um, so going in, let's just say no one arrives, Rich, between now and the weekend. What's the prediction? How are you feeling? I'm feeling confident. I still am feeling confident. Just because it's Wrexham, we'll be buoyant. I don't think it'll be a very high quality game. But this is a team who know how to grind up wins. It's the Kairos. It's going to be packed. There's going to be a real will to win. I think there'll be one goal in it. I'm going to go 2-1 Wrexham. I'm not expecting a footballing masterclass, but I am expecting a winning return to, to the Football League. But the caveat overall, as I said, is if it's not there, I'm also quite comfortable because it's a 46-game league season. And if we don't win on the opening day, I'm not going to be tweeting Parky out this is just grace, sack the board. We need to sign you centre forward. You know, let's just accept that, you know, it could be a slow start. I don't think it will be, but, you know, I'm very relaxed and feeling confident. And I also think that, you know, some of us maybe, not some of us, but some people need to maybe temper their expectations about Wrexham. There's so many other good teams. Put the respect on the other teams in the league as well, because I already know the headlines will be that if Wrexham for some reason didn't get promoted this season, we will have flopped. We will have underachieved. It will be a, a disgrace. But it's the etern- it's the external media and people just whacking money on Wrexham to get promoted that has made Wrexham such favourites to get promoted. 
you know, do you know what I mean? And it's like we're being set up to fail, really. And I just feel that the narrative's going to be, if Wrexham don't do well this season, then look at these two Hollywood owners who don't know what they're doing and they're splashing the cash and Wrexham can't do it. They could do it in the National League, but they can't do it amongst the established footballing league sides. Give us a break. I think we're in a great place. And it's one of those. It's the same as last season. If for some reason we didn't get promoted this season, we'll get promoted next season instead. So I'm very relaxed, very confident. I'm not expecting immediate fireworks, but there will be a grand finale. Isn't it great to have him back, ladies and gents? It's, it's good, isn't it? It's just like I've got that I've got that sparring partner back again. Um, but finally, then, so before we throw, we need it, to have our first on-air argument, don't we? We we do. I feel we like I'm to... well, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you on on Boyle and Palmer. So that's that's a strong start. But we need we need a full-on like Arsenal fan TV bust up, basically. Um, and go viral for that. But what we'll say, if you listen to this, this is out on Thursday. If you're listening as normal, uh, thanks for all the support. On Friday on the YouTube channel, that's really picked up and I appreciate all the, all the followers on all the subscribers on there. We're going to release our 1 to 24 predictions, which we'll look back on at the end of the season and, and see how well we did. So keep an eye out for that video. And also a quick shout out uh, for Twitter. You can follow us on there, Rob Ryan Red. Thank you so much to the, you know, we've gone over 35,000 now, which is way more, which is probably about 34,500 more than we thought we'd ever get. Um, so really appreciate that as well. And without further ado, I've teed it up enough times. Um, here is what the opposition view is. So this is Liam from MK1 Podcast, and he's going to talk through some of your questions and his hopes, aspirations for the season. <laughs> So we've had the Wrexham perspective from none other than director Humphrey Carr, who was as charming as ever. Um, and we've also got a lovely, lo- another lovely, charming guest, but this time from, uh, not Wrexham, from Milton Keynes from the MK1 podcast. Go follow them, by the way, this season, if you want to keep in touch with, because um, I get a few questions about, you know, how can we follow these other teams? How do I keep up to date? If you want to follow MK Don's news, uh, MK1, and Liam is here from the MK1 podcast. Liam, thanks for coming on. League Two, how are you feeling about it? I mean, you obviously were in League One last season for any new fans. I mean, you suffered relegation. Disaster. What went wrong there first before you get into maybe how you're feeling about League Two? Yeah, thanks for having us on, Nath. Um, oh, where do we start? I mean, I think the obvious answer is recruitment. Um, it, it seems to be whether you ask the players or any any personnel in the club, it's always a different person. But I think the one thing that was consistent was the recruitment wasn't good enough. Um, we certainly recruited players who were potentially well, a bit, a bit rolls of the dice, some gambles potentially, some younger lads who could step up but ultimately didn't and it left us in a bit of a hole where we were having to force these players into positions where they're having to play games months and months ahead of their development and ultimately, yeah, they just, they just sunk rather than swam and we really felt the the pain of that and obviously came, up, I came off of a season where we always got promoted to the championship to be promoted down to League 2 is a uh, is pretty it's pretty brutal um and i think a lot of people were very i think a lot of people had a lot of faith in the personnel of the club obviously liam sweeting um and some of the management also and yeah we were let down for sure obviously some people have lost their jobs because of that and i think rightly so in many cases um liam sweeting is still in the job and i think he's a lot learned a fair bit of credit from his time when the likes of harry darling scott twine etc were recruited under his helm and I think it's very much a previous season for everyone at the football club. Um, obviously, this summer is a massive one for us. I think 
I think there's a clear a clear profile in terms of the people we've recruited into the team and what we what we've needed in the team. I don't think that's been shy of that. I mean, somebody more for sure, but. I think overall, yeah, it was. I think it was players. Also, the players are not faultless, of course they're not. But some of them were put into difficult situations to which they just couldn't really cope, and there wasn't the personnel there in the dressing room or outside the dressing room to really support them properly. Yeah, because that League One relegation battle at the end was kind of going right to the wire, and it was kind of confusing of oh, who was going to survive. And and you know, Morecambe ended up coming down. They looked like they were falling apart. Cambridge just survived, didn't they, at the end? And um, like you say, you know, from from any any sort of fans that are, that are new new to Rex or new to League Two, and it can be it can be that that drastic. Almost going up to the Championship. Now you're in League Two. You've got a new manager in Graham Alexander, experienced campaigner. We'll all take the mick because last time he was at Rex, he got absolutely served um, on Boxing Day with Salford City. I'm sure he hopes it's not as bad as that, and we hope it is as bad as that. Um, what did you make of that appointment? Because, it, it, you know, talking about recruitment, that is a sensible, very sensible appointment at this level. And one that Gary Neville, if you remember, said that is one of the ones he regrets sacking at, at Salford. He, he, he said if he could go back, he wouldn't get rid of Graham Alexander, which I think speaks to kind of the level he's at. Yeah, absolutely. It comes across as a smart recruit, um, a piece of recruitment for sure. Obviously, you know, Graham's got plenty of experience at this division, plenty of experience getting out of this division as well, which is fantastic. And, I think for me, the main thing it signalled was that potentially the club are eyeing the playoffs as opposed to the top three. Um, obviously, if they can get top three, fantastic. You know, everyone's going to aim for that. But there's a, a sense of being optimistic and realistic at the same time. And I think, you know, with the strength of the teams, particularly top end of League Two this year, or at least on paper, do do MK Dons fall into that category? It's hard to say right now. I'd probably lean towards no. So getting a manager who has had success in the playoffs, considering... MK Dons as football club have never won a playoff game in their existence just thus far. And Trust have done plenty of playoff campaigns to do so. So yeah, getting Graham in is a it seems to be a smart a smart piece of business. Um obviously his football philosophy is slightly different to what the quote unquote MK way would be in terms of like progressive attacking football. Not saying Graham isn't attacking, but I think his way of progression is slightly different to what traditional progression would look like in Milton Keynes. But overall it seems to be a pretty positive recruitment um, in terms of the managerial side of things, you know, brings in Chris Lucchetti who to take care of the players and I think he's had plenty of experience at EFL also as well as Graham so that those two as a team have had plenty of like thousands of appearances in the EFL so you know what they're doing and yeah, as mentioned, I think the recruitment has kind of veered towards that experience also so really growing that experience in the squad trying not to take the sort of young and dumb approach that maybe we did um, in the last League One season and um, hopefully see see these experienced players mature and nurture these younger lads. I feel like every fan base has, and we're all guilty of this, I feel like everyone has a way that is basically like really stylish prime Barcelona attacking football. And it's like, that's the Wrexham way. That's the, the, the MK way. Um, so I'm it's obviously tongue in cheek. But recruitment then, who who are we looking out for? Because you, you know, we've obviously been on your podcast. We talked a little bit about Paul Mullin on there, his injury and, Ryan Barnett and some of the players we really like. But we're, we're obviously not going to be familiar. This is why we get opposition views on opposition podcasters because you know these players inside out like we know our lads. What Maybe give us two or three players that are the ones to look out for, the ones you were pinning your hopes on to, to help get you through the season. Yeah, I think I think we'll start off with some new recruits. So I think in this new Alexander system, which I would appear and I would assume to be the 4-3-3 system, where it's a pivot and two 
maybe number eight midfielders. I'd probably say a new signing, MJ Williams, is pivotal to that team. Um, I was coming in from Bolton last season. Didn't play too much football, but played enough to have an impact on that pretty successful season for Bolton, uh, which they almost got to the championship, of course, and had a pretty successful um, EFL trophy run as well. So, yeah, he comes in and is going to be that pivot in that midfield. Um, really going to be a key communicator between Jack Tucker, uh, Tommy Smith has just come in. Um, regardless of who those centre-backs are, you know, he's going to be a key part of that spine, a spine at which got tore apart, really, after that almost championship season. Um, obviously, Harry Darling, um, Connor Coventry, Jeff McEachern all leaving for greener pastures. Um, so, yeah, he's a pretty big signing. And Alex Gilby also is returning to the football club from Stevenage. Of course, got promoted last season with that team and Steve Evans. Um, so yeah, he can into that midfield, bit of a box to box, sort of all round enigma. Oh, we hope so anyway. Um, obviously, Teddy never wished he left the club. That could be a bit tongue in cheek when he did leave for Charlton, but either way, he's back now and definitely a fan favourite amongst the fan base. So he's going to be a big personality on and off the pitch. And then I think in terms of obviously players that are here currently, um, I think Warren O'Hara is an absolutely massive player in this squad and arguably could be the best defender in League Two if he wants to be on his day. Um, you oh, know, he's, bold he's still... shout when you've got well, bold well, shout when you've I got mean... Aaron Hayden, Owen O'Connell, Will Boyle. <laughs> We've got all the centre backs. We've just hoovered them up. Um, so if you give him enough of a sell, maybe the maybe the boss will be listening. We'll get him before the deadline. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, let's. I mean, the thing is, Warren O'Hara has had a captain's armband all throughout all preseason. So I think he's what he's twenty three, twenty four years old potentially. So that just shows how much of a wow. personality he is in that dressing room. Um, really steady on the ball, um, was very much a compliment to Harry Darling as opposed to a substitution for him. And yeah, he's, whether he wants to be or not, he has kind of been a leader in that, that dressing room. So I think it's quite important to keep him this summer. Um, whether he stays or not, who knows, but he's never on to player as of now, as we're recording this. So he is a, he's a big player, um, but there's plenty of talent for the whole dressing room. It's just a case of galvanising it together, putting a philosophy together, really getting them going. What is what is causing this? Because, I mean, I've got a few questions that we're going to run through maybe towards the end. But one from Craig said, um, confidence doesn't seem to be that high on social media. And social media is not the most positive place in the world at, at the best of times. But it, 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 there seems to be a lot of talk of go and get, you know, under a lot of MK Don's posts we've seen, go and get a striker. Is that is that where you're lacking in that forward line? Is that where fans seem to want more? Uh, we do need a striker for sure. Um, a more physical option, one hundred percent. I'd say with with Will Grigg leaving for Chesterfield, um, we've got we've got Mo Iser, who is, in my opinion, well, we one of the best strikers in League Two if he is here. Um, come the end of August, a very agile player, fantastic finisher. Again, was almost a player who's going to be in the Championship potentially um, a season or two ago, and now he's in League Two, which is mental. Um, and then they got some kids behind him in, in Max Dean, who um, really fiery character on his day. Fantastic. But his day is a bit too inconsistent at the moment. So a lot of time for him to develop. And, and Matt Dennis, who had a spell at um, Sutton United last season, didn't really knock up too many trees. Um, and I think this preseason, he's not done the same either. So do need a striker there. Um, definitely more physical option based off what Alexander seems to want to do in terms of that front line. Um so yeah, a striker is needed, and I think I think the lack of confidence potentially comes from I mean not winning any pre games in pre season. Um, I think I think pre season is very much a an interesting time of the time of the year, isn't it? I think fans want to see you winning three, four, five, and zero against God knows who. It doesn't matter who it is; they just want to see positive performances. I completely get it. 
Um, but I think what Alexander has really driven into the squad is just fitness, fitness, fitness. I think if you go historically back through the teams that have done well in this league, it's because of their fitness and overall squad depth. And I think whilst Estonian team maybe doesn't have the exact quality yet uh, in terms of the depth, I think it's definitely going to have the fitness early on. And I think this will be their first, this this match week now will be their first week in about six weeks of actually having like a couple of days like potential rest or like just recovery. They've been running to the absolute ground. You can see that matches against like Coventry and Northampton where they just look knackered after 50 minutes, not because they've just run out of gas. It's just because they've probably done like two training sessions before the game and they're just mentally and like physically exhausted. So I'm... It's early stages, isn't it? I think it's hard to say what's going to happen. Like, I think it's till the end of August that we can have like four or five more players signed. The squad's completely different to what it is now. But I think that people just need to chill out a little bit. And we'll say the same on our podcast. Obviously, Wrexham's the first Wrexham first game. Season. It's a tough game, of course. It is probably the toughest game you could get. Um, but people just need to take a chill pill. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. And We'll see how we are against Rexford. Football fans and chill pills don't seem to digest too easily. I mean, it doesn't tend to well, exist. It, yeah. It, but look, MK Dons have sold out their allocation, which you know I'm sure a lot of people will 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 do. A lot of clubs will do. Uh, the, I mean, MK Dons fans are going there. I mean, you're not you're not plucky underdogs, are you? you, you you're gonna you're gonna be fit. Alexander's an experienced manager. You've got people like Mo Isa, good players. And and I'm sure you lot would absolutely love it if you could spoil, you know, our first game back in in the EFL because it's funny, you know, Wrexham are getting a lot of hate at the minute. You know, too much coverage; it's been shoved down our throats. I mean, you lot, I guess, must be used to it. You get so much abuse as a, as a fan base. I mean, you must just be like iron iron defence now, ironclad to to any all on all this hate. Yeah, every weekend, pretty much. Um, you know, I mean. I mean, I'm fairly fortunate enough to, well, I say fortunate, that's the wrong word, but obviously I know people that have had like death threats and all of this stuff right. from following the club from Wimbledon to Milton Keynes, which was definitely in their right to do because Wimbledon did move to Milton Keynes ultimately. And I was played their first couple of seasons at Wimbledon FC at the old hockey stadium. So yeah, obviously I get, I get the whole backstory of obviously, you know, stealing a club from its potential, like where it was and moving it along. But the thing is, the thing is, just thought Milton Keynes Dons is that you get a whole different stories of what that experience is like for other people. Whereas, thing with Vase Wimbledon, it's very much just one sided. It's this, it's this way or the highway, but that's it. Um, and I completely get that. Like they're, they're just fueled by like pure, pure hatred and pure just like this is our mantra on it, all, all that. But I feel like with the MK Dons fan base in particular, particularly from like my group of fans, where you know, I was like six, seven, growing up in the area. It was I was supporting them in Northampton, um, and to be fair, like seeing the flashy new club, and it, it was it was quite attractive at the time. And you know, I think I think to be fair, the chairman I saw was quite a few dreams. And yeah, you know, I think every, I think everyone would be fair to admit that. And now back in Lee Two, to which said he would never we never return to Lee Two. Um, but you know, the the potential is still there. Of course, it is. It, but I think it is running out. And I think you could tell with Winkleman, he is his time is running out also. So it's that next step of where do we go moving forward and all of that stuff. But yeah, like the whole Wimbledon thing is an interesting story. Um, we don't talk too much about it because well, we're scared to offend people, to be honest. Course, I think there's course. so many different stories on it. But I think overall, like, I think we're very respectful of everyone's opinions on it and we kind of just move forward with it. And yeah, listen, people are not going to like us. That's ultimately, we've kind of accepted that and just we just move forward, really. 
So we've answered a couple of ones. I'm going to go through a couple of questions and you can answer any and all or none of them. So we'll see. Uh, you've answered some of the readies. Simon, but genuine question. Um, how do you feel about being known as a franchise or do people not call you that? And we've just kind of, we're 15 years out of the loop. We don't know if, if, if people do. Do people still call you that as a, as a team? Oh, yeah. 100%. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Mean, we embrace it, to be fair. Like, I've, you know, we, like in my, if you go on Twitter bar, it's Franchise FC. Right. Like, it's, it's what it is. Like, again, it's, 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 I think there's certain things you can embrace, there's other things you can't. And I think the whole franchise side of things yeah. is something that we Well, do, we've, we've, we we've embraced our love of sheep and, uh, you know, I'm sure <laughs> so there you go. Um, someone else, Todd, put, um, do you feel, given the backstory and given, um, you know, as you, as you touched on there about, about Wimbledon, do you feel that you've got a really unique fan base and it's kind of MK against the world when it comes to... Because someone else has put, uh, to, to join the group, someone put, do you feel you have a, a, a an actual rivalry? Do you feel like you have, I know people will say, Wimbledon do you feel like you've got a, a genuine rivalry with other teams or are you just a very unique situation um yeah to answer the first question yeah in some senses I think I don't want to isolate the majority of the home fans but I think the core away following of MK Don's fans do have that mentality you know we like we travel like ridiculous amounts of time trying to follow in this football club probably mostly losing last season um and just literally getting barrels of god knows what not trying to get the violins out but that's literally how it is um so yeah you do kind of build that mentality but i know i think the majority of lads that follow the, the club and lads and girls follow the club i've known each other for like nine plus ten plus years now and we've re- it's really quite a tight fan base it's a small one at times but it is a tight fan base so yeah you do get that mentality sometimes um and this season in particular like it's going to be i think ever more because i think the, the club is still growing the city's growing things like that and I think the fan base, obviously highlighting selling out Wrexham, it's not a massive allocation, but it's still selling out first day of the season is is a is a really good thing. Um, what was the second question? Sorry, I completely forgot um, what you said. What was I asking on the second question? So obviously we talked about, let me just go back through them. So someone put, um, if you've got unique fan base, and then about rivalries, do, 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 uh, do you know, because yeah. we, we look at, I mean, Tranmere, crews nearby, you know, games went, whereas you guys, obviously you've got, AFC Wimbledon but do you feel like you've really got rivalries or are you just kind of you are in a very unique situation where you're still forming them sort of as you as you go yeah I mean AFC Wimbledon will always be a rivalry of course it will um you know I'm sure we'll see him again we'll see him again this season and I'm sure it'll be a tasty encounter again um yeah I feel a bit forced for me oh it's Northampton of course geographically is a forced one Wickham again is a bit of a forced one although the playoff games recently sort of sparked it up a little bit Peterborough again is kind of one. Um, but yeah, I think the only real true one is, is AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, and look, so I'm not going to try and trip you up anymore on, on that whole uh, AFC Wimbledon. You come through unscathed. But looking at looking at the weekend, finally then, on, on the weekend, a, a mix of the two. How, how are you looking at the weekend and how are you looking at League Two generally? Because you seem to be, you don't seem to be like that fan that's come down and thinks you're immediately going to go back up. You know, there's a lot of good teams in League Two this season. You know, Notts County, Wrexham, Stockport, Gillingham are spending good money. Bradford, Mansfield are going to want to have a good go. Um, Doncaster are going to want to have a good go. There's going to be a lot of teams. Grimsby will be up there. So, so how are you? I mean, you said top seven. That's probably what the club are looking at. But are you kind of... Do you feel like the sort of pressure's off MK Dons a little bit in the sense that you're not going to be the biggest fish maybe in there? There's a lot of pressure on Wrexham to perform. MK on sort of could go a little bit under the radar. Potentially. I think the pressure's there internally, for sure. I think, obviously, a lot of people have well, got their jobs on the line, really, um, to try and get this club back to League One football, where 
you know, I, th- I mean, you, with that stadium, it's a minimum it should be at, really. Um, but I think externally, between the fans, we're not really expecting that much. I mean, maybe maybe I'm speaking for a certain portion of the fan base here, but like, I, I mean, I've I've seen the squads and the squads have got come up against this season, and I don't think ours is better than the likes of yours, Stockport's, Counties. Um, even the likes of Gillingham's really so unless of course we recruit heavily in the next sort of three to four weeks um, so yeah I, I mean I mean, it'll be hard to say until we see the team on the pitch I mean from what we've seen so far it's been interesting um, and I think I've been a bit more optimistic compared to other people in the fan base in terms of how we're going to perform and how I think Saturday's game could be, could be a bit closer than pe- people potentially think Um yeah, it's a tough league this year. I think any one of like ten teams could get into that top seven places. So some teams are disappointed. Could it be one of them, potentially. So Rich, finally, then let's let's sign us out of this podcast. And a nice big bumper. Um, oh, I got banned for that word, didn't I? Somebody listened to it. I wasn't allowed to use the word bumper. But I'm going to say it this time. It's a big old podcast. Um, they're not. It's a bumper podcast. They're, they're not. They're not as kind of high on MK Dons maybe people outside MK Dons. I mean, they're kind of looking if they can get the top seven, great. If they don't, you know, it's it's still a learning curve. I mean, for them, the, the most remarkable thing is they were a season or, or, or two ago, they were kind of on the cusp of the championship in League One, pushing for that. And now they're in League Two, you know, a place that their owner never said they'd be again. So I don't know. I think for them, they're kind of thinking Wrexham away is a really, really tough game, but is it going to be good, you know, them coming back from America and, are they going to catch us a little bit cold? I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think it could be a really good game. I think it could be a re- real cracking game. It's going to be two high energy sides. I would like to see James Jones in there at some stage of the game. I think his energy will be massively useful. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I I just can't wait. You know, there's nothing like the season opening day. It's you're full of expectation. Well, I, Every team thinks they can yeah. win the league. It's it's just amazing. I haven't done thorough research here, but by my calculations, MK Dons last won a match in March when they beat Morecambe 1-0. They didn't win any of their last eight games of the season. And from what I've seen, they lost all five preseason friendlies they played, including a 5-1 home defeat to Coventry. And they also lost 3-1 to... Okay, check this out. So the teams they lost to in preseason, Coventry 5-1, Northampton 3-1, Barnet they drew with, and they lost away at Wealdstone, which can be done quite easily. But from my calculation, the five games I, I sort of researched before, MK Dons didn't win a single game in pre-season. So, yeah. We shall Maybe. see, Rich. We, we shall, shall see. see. We've got this game, and then we've got the Wigan game, um, and then we'll be back, and we'll be able to unpack whether we're three points up, zero points up, one point up in the league, and are we through in the Cup. So there'll be plenty to unpack next week rich sign us out because this is the bumper season if you're new please follow us and please tell somebody about it you know there's lots of people in the states that will learn about the podcast for the first time they've now followed i really appreciate that um keep spreading the word we've got season two of the documentary on the horizon um lots of exciting things to come and we're going to be at the forefront bringing you as much content across all the platforms as we can yeah as Nave said there, thank you so much to, to all of you who've ever listened to the podcast, liked a tweet, done whatever to, to help us grow. We are still very, very humbled that you've joined us on this journey. And the journey 
well, it's just getting started, isn't it? The National League, that was the hardest promotion of them all. It should be pretty easy from here on in, shouldn't it? <laughs> we will be with you every step of the way. It's going to be another bumper season. Sorry for using that keyword again. I'm sorry. I just want to really annoy some of you out there. But thank you so much. Thank you massively to Red 10 People Development. Without you, we genuinely just couldn't do the podcast anymore. Thank you to Rex and Bass Band Hypnotic for the music, the stings that Nafe so delicately places in the oh. podcast for you to listen to. And yeah, thank you to you again. If you can please share, like, tweet, tweet, subscribe, whatever it is you do. Tell someone word of mouth is the best way for us to grow the podcast. And yeah, we will be back next week to reflect on those two games and to look ahead to another busy week. The season is getting started. Like we said, it's the same Wrexham, new season, the same dream, one promotion done. Can we make it two under the Hollywood ownership? We will see you every single week along the way. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again very soon. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.